This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, how are you doing today? As I mentioned in the daily financial news this morning, I had a special guest coming on today. We're going to talk Bitcoin, Ethereum, crypto. This is going to be an individual like me who got into the crypto space in the last four or five months. My first purchase was November. Hers was January. Uh, but as you will see in a moment, she has done a lot more homework than I have. I have relied <laughs> on a friend who kind of advised me, and we're going to talk to her about all things. I'm going to ask questions as someone who's naive, and we're just going to see where this goes. So let's welcome Jackie to the show. How are you doing, Jackie? Hi, doing well. Thanks, Mike. Hey, so Jackie, why don't you do me a favor, introduce yourself to the audience, kind of what do you do for a living, <laughs> and then maybe just a little bit about you know how you got your start in crypto, when it all started, when, when did you start digging in, and we'll go from there. Sure. So, um, all right. So I have an interesting career background. I, uh, I worked in the technology field for about 13 years, um, doing mostly sales and account management, customer success, that sort of work. Sure. Um, and then I did what most people who live in the Bay Area do not do. They switch careers into teaching. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, yeah, it's a, it was a drastic move. Um, I felt, um, I guess you'd call it a calling. I don't know. I felt really strongly about moving into that field. Um, it was kind of one of those, I had been thinking about it for so long and analyzing, is this the right move? And just needed to kind of, you know, take yeah. the plunge and, and do it. So I got my teaching credential, uh, finished in 2011. And um, that was kind of a time in the Bay Area <laughs> When I feel like prices, I mean, prices of homes in the area have always kind of steadily risen, but then it just shot up. So for the last, I don't know, 10 plus years or so, um, I've been kind of, I was like this with my income right. <laughs> and everyone else was like this with their income and houses. If you owned a home, it was like that. Yep. Um, now I did own a condo in Walnut Creek with my sister, which we actually just sold in October, which is partly how I was able to invest in um, some crypto. Um, so yeah, um, now I, I actually left the teaching world a couple of years ago and I've been kind of, um, <laughs> some things have sort of fallen into my lap that were not going to ever be career, what I wanna do, you know, for the rest of my life. Um, and right now, given that we're in a pandemic, it's, it's been an interesting time. I have been fortunate in that I've been able to help some families who are really struggling with, um, you know, if they have two working parents and they have young kids who are in Zoom school or learning from home, I've been hired, I guess you could say, to help them. So um, anyway, so I, I do that. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about it. Um, so so now I... Yeah, oh, so ahead. first off, I want to, uh, you know, I wish... I wish more teachers, you know, kind of felt that like a calling, right? I think that's, mm -hmm. those, those are the best teachers that just feel like they have there. And I can't imagine, right? Somebody in the Bay Area like you who was in tech for a long time, account management, customer success, all that stuff. Um, 
that had to be an interesting transition, I'm guessing, right? Both emotionally it and was. financially. It, it was, um, and, and not only did I work in the field of tech, um, I, you know, worked for a couple startup companies and it was really, people really valued your opinion. Yeah. I remember uh, sitting at my cubicle and this was probably like 2008 or so. <laughs> And a CTO of the, of the um, startup tech company, I'm just calling it a startup tech company. They sort of run the gamut of what area of tech, yeah. but uh, he got into a, almost like a screaming match with a product manager because he was like, tell me about, tell me what you're, what you're, uh, what you're thinking, because I want to hear, I want to, I want to hear you fight for this. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, cause they were arguing about something having to do with the algorithm yeah. <laughs> of our product. And um, anyway, just stuck in my head. And then when I got, to, <laughs> I actually did a, I not only did I go into teaching, I went and I worked at a Catholic school, an all boys Catholic high school here in the Bay Area. Um, and uh, yeah, just totally different. High school's been around since 1944. Oh, wow. <laughs> so there's steep in tradition and there's, there's rules, you know, there's um, definitely lot more red tape than I had been used to. So that was, that was shocking. That was shocking. And actually I moved from, um, I taught English and I taught um, the yearbook class, which actually was a, a class, not a club. And um, man, it was a lot of work. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, both of them, all the papers and everything. I've actually never worked harder than I did even at startup companies. You work hard at startup companies. You're there late. You're there, you know, you're doing stuff on weekends. Yeah. I never worked harder than I did as there's wow. just so much and you're exerting a lot of energy too. Yeah. Um, but I moved into a different department where I was running programs. I was still teaching the yearbook class, but after um, a year, I actually moved into um, their campus ministry department, which is sort of like um, outreach to their theology department. Um, oh, wow. I wasn't teaching theology. I was uh, running programs that help kids learn how to um, you know, raise, raising money uh, for certain causes, po you know, poverty and um, <clears throat> becoming aware of racism and what that looks like. Um, just a lot of social justice type issues. Mm -hmm. Also, all the kids had to do um, service hours, Christian service or community service hours. And I was the one to kind of bring those opportunities to them. So I got to know a lot of different nonprofits in the area and, um, you know, just me really understand the depth to which people who live in poverty yeah. really live in poverty. So, and I took kids on mission trips and things like that. So I've had a very wide array of experience, which I'm very, very grateful for. And now I'm actually at a place where I want to sort of bring those two together. And I would love to get um, into, I was looking actually to get into training and learning and development. And I won't say I've, I've dismissed that at all. I haven't, but I'm, I'm really kind of, my focus now is educational technology because really, cool. I, I do miss sort of having that progressiveness. Um, I, I think it's a field that's super exciting right now. There's so much going on. I'm watching it with the kids that I'm working with. I'm seeing how many, um, you know, online tools that they're using that I never worked mm. with, never had when you and I were young. Yeah. <laughs> it was all paper, pen, pencil. Yeah. That's it. So. Yeah, I remember. Well, let's let's flip the script to your, you know, interest in crypto. Uh, you know, your first purchase, if I remember your note, was in January. 
but when did yeah. it kind of cross your radar and like, you know what, you know, I need, I need to look at this first. Right. So, so when did it kind of hit your radar? Was it when you sold the Wal Walnut Creek condo or? When, no, when it actually wasn't. <laughs> so I sold my condo in Walnut Creek. We closed, my, my sister and I owned it. We closed in um, October, October 19th. And I just had that money sitting in cash. And mm. my goal actually, because I mentioned earlier, the Bay Area has just exploded. And even during a pandemic, it just keeps it's going crazy, up. Right? It's really crazy. And that's actually, I found your um, channel because for the past year, year and a half really, I have been looking at homes in other places to move to because I just know that I cannot afford a home here in the Bay Area, not as a single woman, having having been a teacher on a teacher's or a former teacher's salary. Um, I, you know, right now I'm living in a studio apartment. Um, so yeah, I've been looking at other places. So I've been looking on real, realtor.com and Zillow, you know, mm. a lot in the last <laughs> year. And then I somehow found your channel and I was like, oh, I like this guy. And he has, he has interesting things to say. Um, so anyway, so that's why I'm a subscriber. Nice. And, That's nice. Too. Yeah. Um, and so when I sold my condo in October, <laughs> surprisingly, we we did well. We had a wonderful realtor. Um, but the Walnut Creek condo, or maybe it's just condo market in general, is just, you know, you're not going to get as much for your money. Um, mm -hmm. Especially a condo that we've had this condo for 16 years. The building was built in 1971. It wasn't like a new, fresh condo, even though there are a lot of new, newer condos in Walnut Creek. So so yeah, so we did okay, um, but that money was sitting in cash and I had been wanting to, um, like I said, I've been wanting to possibly move and my, I was looking at Austin, Texas for a while. Now I'm looking at Raleigh, North Carolina, um, which is far, but mm. I feel like it resonates with me and, and the job market's great and all that. So yeah, I'm watching prices go up and up and up in Raleigh because so many people during this pandemic, they have decided to move. and. Mm -hmm. Um, I looked at something just the other day saying, showing a house, what it was worth uh, in, I think it was January of 2019 or January of 2020, excuse me. No, summer of 2019. <laughs> and it was worth like, you know, 400,000. And now it's worth 550,000. That's a, that's a, and people are overbidding. Yeah. So up to 50,000, because a lot of people are moving down from New York. They have a lot of money. A lot of people are moving up from uh, Miami and a lot of people are coming from California and everywhere else too. Mm -hmm. So I was getting nervous. Like I'm, I don't, I'm not ready to move yet. Cause I don't, I know I need a job there, et cetera. But what can I do? Cause my money is just sitting in cash. And um, I had thought about putting it in gold. I had thought about, you know, putting it in, um, I don't know, the stock market, but that I was a little bit nervous about that because <laughs> As we all know, the stock market just seems so, it's in a bubble. Yeah, right? no question. I think everyone's saying that. And then it, so what, so to your question, what got me into crypto? Um, or what was the, you know, thing that made me go, oh, this is what I want to do. It was, it was, um, <laughs> well, it was right around Christmas. I think right after Christmas, I was looking online. I think it might've been like January 1st or 2nd. And I was looking in the, the um, Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin had mm -hmm. risen to 29,000. And so it was kind of splashed on the news. And I, was, and I hadn't really taken an interest in Bitcoin at all. I just, 
I don't know. I didn't really understand it. I didn't really have an interest in it, to be honest. It just, yeah. and I, and, you know, I was listening to it. you and I think it's Greg had been saying even a couple months ago, like to me, it just feels like air. Why are people investing in this? <laughs> you know? Um, so I, but I, I just was like 29,000. There's something to this. So I looked at a chart to see how high it had gone um, since, you know, in the past year. And I couldn't believe the, the graph went like, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, okay, <laughs> I need to pay a little closer attention <laughs> to this. And then this is going to sound kind of funny. Uh, I always, I love looking at like psychic predictions for the year, you know, yeah. <laughs> for the coming year, what's going to happen. And there are like 10 different psychics. We're all saying Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all different uh, cryptocurrencies are going to explode this year. And they were all saying this and I'm watching it. So I'm going, okay, um, maybe this is what I should do. So, <laughs> so I know it sounds kind of funny that that, that might've been the reason, but I'll be honest, that, that was kind of what made me go, okay, I, I, I should look into this. Okay. Uh, cause I'm not doing, it's not, it, it was worrying me keeping it in cash. Cause I also looked at, at a chart of how much the fed was printing. And oh, it, yeah. was it was crazy. Like it, it, again, it was like, it was like this, um, how much we printed over the last 20 years or so. And then all of a sudden it shoots up yeah. in the last, you know, year or two. So, um, yeah, so I got onto Coinbase, which was, is, I don't know if that's what you're on. Yep. Yeah. That's the one that it seems to be the beginner one. Although since then I've heard that Coinbase crashes a lot. It's not a great one to be on. Um, so, and I did notice it crashed at one point in the last month or so when there was a lot of activity and I was like, mm -hmm. so if I wanted to trade, which I wasn't going to, I would have, um, it would have made me mad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway, so yeah. I got onto Coinbase and, um, and you know, I, I, I bought Bitcoin first and some Ethereum um, because I knew those are, those are kind of the two most well-known. And I also bought some Litecoin, which mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not sure how familiar you are with the different coins out there, coins or tokens. And, um, and then it was kind of slowly, I just took a strong interest and started um, finding people on YouTube. Yep. Uh, and there's some people who have, there's one guy named BitBoy Crypto. He just this week, he actually just crossed the 500,000 subscription mark. He has 500,000. Wow. No, that was on Sunday. Yesterday afternoon, when I looked, he had 533,000 subscribers. He is, his channel is blowing up and mm -hmm. so I'm watching at the subscriber level of all these other channels I'm looking at. So I'm, I'm noticing there's, there's this huge influx of people coming in to the crypto space. For sure. Uh, and not only that, I started noticing that Coinbase only has something like 42 coin or token offerings which is not a ton. There are, there are like a thousand out there. Mm -hmm. And so in some of these videos and things that I've been watching and learning about, um, I've learned that there's so many other exchanges that have other, um, other crypto offerings that are at a, usually when you get to, when a, when a crypto gets to Coinbase, it's sort of, I don't want to say it's matured, but it, it's a lot more mature than some of the other smaller cryptos. For sure. So if you get into a cryptocurrency that is, you know, on a, you know, 0.001, you're not going to find it on Coinbase. You have to go to other exchanges. So I decided to get signed up on Kraken and I signed up for Binance.us because Binance.com, which is the most well-known um, 
exchange. Um, a lot of people internationally use it. Apparently, I don't know exactly what happened, but they kicked off Americans. Mm. Um, and damn so Americans. <laughs> What's that? I said, damn Americans. I know, right? I, I don't really, I didn't really research to see what happened. I just know that you had to go, to, I had to go to Binance.us. They have their own one now. And and there's some different coins on Binance.us versus Binance.com. Okay. I signed up for Binance.us, which took a full month to get verified, huh. which again tells me they are slammed and so many people are getting into this space. And I think the herd is coming. And I, if there is it's a stock market crash. If something happens, which I kind of, I mean, <laughs> I also listen to traditional investors too, by the way, yeah. um, and, and economists and, you know, just people in that financial space. They're all seeming to say it. They're saying there's going to be a crash. It's probably going to be in April. Who knows? But if it does happen, and I'm talking about a stock market crash, if it happens, I think there's going to be a rush of people to the crypto space. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure I'm all set up and ready to go and that I have everything in order um, if that does happen. So that's kind of yeah. right now. So, um, so, so it's January, you're going to make your first purchase. I'm going to just wildly guess you stuck your toe in the water, right? You took a certain percentage of cash mm-hmm. you transacted in Coinbase. Right. Um, you know, was that and, like- and since I've also put it in Kraken and in Binance. Right. So you kind of, you did it in stages, I'm guessing? Only in stages because I've had to wait to get verified. I had to wait a few, like two and a half or three weeks to get verified on Kraken as well. Right. Um, but you didn't go all in, right? You just didn't move all your chips to the center table in January and say, oh, I bought as much as I could. No, no. I mean, I I think I, I've got other money in other places. So I'm, you know, yeah. want to be careful. Of course. <laughs> also saying like, this is risky, you know, it is risky. And I don't know this market all that well. Um, I'm just learning, although I am devouring a lot of information about it. Um, and it goes in cycles. Sure. And um, every, it seems like all these channels and people I'm listening to are saying we are in what's called altcoin season, hmm. which um, basically means alternative coins to Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And so everything else. And I have gotten into some of these altcoins and I am watching them double in price and triple in price. Wow. Um, yeah. So even those two, two, three weeks that I was waiting for Kraken and that, you know, month I waited for Binance, I watched some of the coins that I wanted to get into that I had already done research on in early January. They'd already doubled. So <laughs> I was, it was, it was a little frustrating, but um, anyway, but yes, I have, I've increased, um, Oh, I didn't do the percentage this morning before getting on, but um, it's around 40, 40 to 42%. Yeah. I've increased since January 3rd and I'm, you know, slowly kind of adding. So, so let's, let's go back to, you know, Jackie pre owning a single crypto was your first investment in a, a fraction of a Bitcoin or did you, did you do like Ethereum and Litecoin at the same time or did you just start with Bitcoin, get more comfortable and, and then go somewhere else. Yeah, I started with Bitcoin and Ethereum. I did one Bitcoin. Okay, nice. <laughs> I did um, about the equivalent cash, you know, yeah. dollar size in Ethereum at the time. So 10, and, and, 10 or 12 coins, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then <clears throat> uh, I, I've learned a lot actually about the various coins and which ones I think are going to be around in another 
five to 10 years and which ones would be, you know, a lot more risky. Now, anything could happen, you know, these are all new, they call them projects. They don't call them companies. I mean, I guess they're companies, but they're still projects they're working on. So these projects are still, a lot of them are still very new. Sure. Anything could happen. There could be infighting at the company level um, and that kind of destroys the, you know, the direction of the product. Anything could really happen. Mm -hmm. uh, so I am checking it a lot, um, you know, but, and I'm reading a lot on the ones that I have, I've put into, put money into, but what, and I, I think this is also why you and I, you wanted to talk to me today, because I really, I have become a true believer yeah. in blockchain technology. It's not just Bitcoin, because actually Bitcoin to me now, after all the learning I've done in the last month and a half, it's a little bit boring, to be honest. <laughs> it is. Um, it's, and I don't know if you watched any of the videos I sent, um, but if, if you get a chance to. I will after. I wanted to have this conversation yeah, first. Yeah, sure. So I'm and not... there's one, yeah, and I, there's one more I wanted to send to you. But the two I really wanted to point out are TED Talks. One um, was by Charles Hoskinson. He's the, and I sent you that one. Yep. I think it's like a 13 minute TED Talk. It's not terribly long. But watching that was what made me go, wow, wow, this. Mm really going to change the world um, if if he can implement this. Now, Charles Hoskinson, if you don't know, uh, do you know who he is? No. <clears throat> I think he's going to be like the next Steve Jobs, Bill Gates. Wow. He's, he's Yeah. He And people in the crypto space know who he is. He actually has his own channel as well. Okay. He is a, um, he's one of the founders of Ethereum. Um, and by the way, for people who don't know, I think most people kind of know what Bitcoin is, right? So let me back up a second here. Bitcoin, I think it started out as a means of, a, a different means of currency, but it's kind of transitioned to more of just a store of value. Yeah, I, that's, that's what I, that's why I went into Bitcoin now versus 2017, that same friend that kind of was vibrating in 17 freaked me out. Yes. And then what I saw in 19, late 19 was, okay, it's evolving, right? It has become a store of value for larger players. It's give, they're, they're being put in cold storage, right? They're just sucking yeah. available coins off the market. I'm like, now I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, interesting to me. <laughs> right. Well, once the institutions get in, which they, they all look like they're starting to, and there was, I'm sure you heard this, that there was a, um, uh, like a, I guess it was an online conference with like 9,000 CEOs that nice. Mike put on. Yeah, I watched some of those February. videos. Pretty impressive, yeah. Yeah, February 3rd and 4th. And I remember that hearing about that and then that approaching going, I better get into what I need to get into right now and like get myself situated because as soon as they get in, things are going to go up. And I think all the altcoins, the other coins and tokens are going to go up along with Bitcoin. Sure. So I think Bitcoin is sort of what people call the gateway drug. <laughs> yeah. Once for me, they, in, they start looking at everything else. Yeah. For me, you know, Bitcoin is, you know, if you want to, the reason I asked about sticking your toe in the water, I think that's where most people will start. It's, it's the often quoted one. It's the one that's in the headlines. Right. Um, it's probably the most, it, it is the most mature. It has the longest history, right? It is the OG. It's got the fixed supply, you know, all these things going for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think all those things make it 
the least risky, but to your earlier point, probably the least exciting, right? It doesn't have the variability, the triple, the quadruples, the, the 10 baggers left in it, right? It's right. already had that run. Right. Um, so I think, I think that makes sense. Why did, why do you like Ethereum? Right. I think, I think a lot of people look at Ethereum and go, Hmm, second largest crypto. That's good. Right. So it's got, it's got history. It's got some weight, right. It's got a, it's got a market cap. That's impressive, right. It, it would be hard to wipe out Ethereum overnight where some of these smaller, mm-hmm. you know, million dollar players, you know, one bad decision, the project's gone. Right. Right. Um, Ethereum's not there. And, you know, Ethereum two's coming and, and all of those things. So why do you like Ethereum uh, more than Bitcoin. So I think I kind of read that in, in some of our communication. Yeah, yeah. And this is what I was going to get to when I was talking earlier about Charles Hoskinson. Okay. So, um, so I, I, let me back up just a second. So Charles Hoskinson uh, was working on Ethereum with um, Vitalik Buterin. Oh, I forget how to say his, his name. The guy who, who's the founder of, of Ethereum, who wrote the white paper. Um, he's a Russian-Canadian guy. Um, anyway, he was actually the founder, but then he brought in other brilliant people, including Charles Hoskinson, including um, Gavin Wood, who, no, who now runs Polkadot. Charles Hoskinson runs Cardano. Um, though, so <laughs> I guess there was some infighting and arguments that happened about Ethereum. They had different visions for it, which is why the other, you know, Charles went his own way started his own company called IOHK, which stands for Input Output Hong Kong. He started in Hong Kong when he was living there. And he started this project Cardano, um, which has a different focus than Ethereum, slightly different focus, but it's, 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 it's the same idea in that it is a smart contract blockchain. Same with Gavin Wood, he started Polkadot, which is, um, I don't, I haven't done enough research about Polkadot. I just know it's, people really like it and it's, I think it's gonna do well. And they have other, uh, they have a whole ecosystem of other, uh, other, I don't know, I guess tokens. I'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, um, so to your question, what do I like about Ethereum? I watched the Charles Hoskinson TED Talk first, which made me go, oh, now I kind of get it. And I also found another TED Talk, which I'll send to you. Dan something or other, he, he said it, he really explains blockchain technology very well. And this is why I like blockchain technology and also why I think Bitcoin is a little bit boring. Um, Basically, Ethereum is a smart contract technology. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So you you are taking out the middleman, right? You're taking out, you can have a, um, you can, you can do it. You can exchange goods or services with somebody who lives in Africa if you want, if you want to. Um, you don't even have to know them. You just have to basically trust the blockchain and they have to trust the blockchain and things have to be trusted and secure. In the meantime, you don't have a bank or a, a, a middleman that you have to go through. Um, I, I find that, I think there's a lot of people around these days that just, they don't always trust governments. They don't always trust banks and people like that. And so I see this as the direction that we are headed. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, again, sorry, I keep talking about Charles Hoskinson, but in his TED talk, he mentions, you know, that he is, he's, um, he gives a really interesting description of two guys, one named Jeremy, who is an American, has a college degree, he's got these insurance policies, he's, you know, um, he's, he's an entrepreneur, and the government takes what, um, 
you know, certain percentage, but it's, he pays the taxes and he only pays a certain percentage, but it's not huge. I mean, we, we Americans might think it's huge, but it's not huge compared to some people who live in these other countries who don't exactly have like a equivalent to a social security number. They, um, you know, if they try to start a company, um, their government might take 80 to 85% of mm. what they make. Um, so it's hard. They get really, they're suppressed and they don't have the opportunity to succeed. And so blockchain technology to me is going to create equity around the world if mm. it can take off. And Cardano, which is what Charles Hoskinson has created, he just, he has a um, contract now with the government of Ethiopia. Mm. Um, his goal is in the next few years to get 100 million people, 100 million Africans onto the Cardano blockchain. And that way they will be able to exchange goods and services amongst each other without having to have governments or other people take this massive cut. Now, the fact that he has worked with the actual government is interesting because to me that says it's, de it's, it's not decentralized, but I think the blockchain is decentralized itself. I'm not sure the discussions that happened, um, you know, between him and and the government of Ethiopia. And I know he's targeting a lot of places in Africa because that's where it's they're sort of the continent, I guess, that that needs help the most. So there's very much this altruistic feeling about blockchain technology, where I think it will really help a lot of people. I think in the future we're going to see a lot more entrepreneurs because you can be your own boss, you know, and you're, you don't have to, you know, you can sell your own goods and services through the blockchain without having to, um, I don't know, just without having to go through a third party. Mm -hmm. So um, I just, I just think that's going to explode. I think that, it, but what I will also say is I think it's going to, unfortunately, I think banks are going to start to see problems. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things in that that I, I agree with. I think there's certainly an increasing distrust of government and banks that we are currently living in. And I think that's a trend that, I don't know if what you want to say, get worse or grows or whatever, right? I think it's a trend that continues. Yeah. And, you know, a year ago, it was like, okay, when the, when the, when the rich in Venezuela give up on their currency, they go to crypto because it's the easiest way to get out and then go take it somewhere else. You're not lugging gold bricks around, right? Which was the old way of doing right. it, or diamonds or whatever it is. Right. Uh, but now I really think, you know, one of the things that I think in 2021, especially with, you know, what I reported on the financial news this morning, Janet Yellen wants to spend and spend and spend, right? I mean, Jesus Christ, when's enough enough? That, that's God, actually another damn. reason I think people are moving to blockchain. Uh, I just see the, yeah. Yeah, I think there's more and more people that are like, you know what? I've earned a significant wealth in the US. You know, I already have enough assets in dollars, mm -hmm. you know, and these dollars are going to be worth less and probably less at a faster rate in the future. I need mm -hmm. to do something. And again, mm -hmm. what I did, when was that? 10, 20 years ago is I bought silver, right? I just, I mean, I actually had physical things. I don't believe in ETFs or paper and all that. I want the physical thing. It's now right. to a point where I, I frankly would have storage risk and, you know, I, where would I put it all? So for me, that was why I went, okay, I'm going to try the digital gold, right? Which I consider, I consider, and again, I know 1% of what you know about crypto. I'm like, okay, to me, mm -hmm. Bitcoin is gold, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's the highest one. 
-hmm. then over time, I'm like, okay, Ethereum to me again is silver. And then mm -hmm. Litecoin, because those are the three that I have, is copper. And again, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but that's when I looked. No, at it. no, actually, you're you're close. Actually, that's what I thought when I first got in. It's 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 not exactly it, Bitcoin. You got that right. It's the equivalent of digital gold mm -hmm. or equivalent gold, right? But right. it's in the digital form. Litecoin is considered the equivalent of silver ah. and has a silver logo. And I do have some Litecoin um, and Litecoin was created because Bitcoin was getting more expensive. Um, I think a guy named Ed, Ed Lee. Is, is Litecoin like a fractional percentage of Bitcoin, like one to 40? Or is it some kind of math like that? Or what is it? Right. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, actually. Right now, Litecoin is. It's like 212 bucks or something. 225 bucks or something. Yeah. I don't know. It, you know, it might drop down to 198 in an hour or so. Mm -hmm. I uh, it is a volatile market. I will, I will say that. Um, and I just bought my first three coins of Litecoin like three days ago or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think you're pretty safe in that. Well, another thing I will say that I, going back to what we were talking about earlier um, and why I think this is going to explode is because not only are we hearing about big institutions like Goldman Sachs getting in and, you know, um, Tesla and. Well, BlackRock yesterday, the biggest. Yes. Yes. BlackRock. Ever. Right. Right. We're and, dipping um, our toe in. Well, your one your one percent toe is gonna to be like eight hundred billion. I, it will be, yeah, it will be. <laughs> but I'm I'm seeing all these other companies like PayPal. Um yeah. you can you you can exchange yeah. uh, I have the know, PayPal app, yeah. That's actually where I have the yeah. yeah. But they they are including not just Bitcoin, they're including Litecoin now. Yep, that's they're where I have it. Yeah. Also Ethereum, uh, which is interesting. And then I think Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, those are the four. Yeah, and Bitcoin Cash, I think, is it's a spinoff of Bitcoin. It's I think it's like seven hundred bucks um, per yeah right now, but um, it's less than fifty thousand. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think that Bitcoin Cash might be what I've read and what I've learned about um, Bitcoin Cash is that it is um, easier and faster to to go through a blockchain network. Bitcoin to me is interesting, and this is again going back to why I think it's changing. And I, I know that like PayPal and, and other places think Overstock, I don't know if Overstock still has it on, if you could still buy and purchase goods with um, Bitcoin, but they did for a while. They might still haven't looked. But I don't think Bitcoin, from my research, Bitcoin is not going to be the one that lasts in the end. It, it's changed and to become a store of value, mm -hmm. but it's not the fastest. Yeah, I don't see Bitcoin being... Right, there was talk in the very beginning about it being a currency and a transaction mechanism. I think that I think, I think it's architecture and the way it's kind of put out there. It's going to be a store of value, and that's all it's going to be. And I think yeah. very soon, it will be a store of value for the biggest players out there. Right, right. A, a coin could very easily be six figures sometime right. in the future. I don't want to put a date on it. At that point, mere mortals like you and I won't be able to buy a coin. Right. Yeah. So, Exactly. We'll go somewhere else. But yeah, I, I think the folks that are looking at crypto to transact, whether it's the gentleman in Africa or, you know, between the US and Europe or whatever, if you're going to be a transaction platform, it's it's not going to be Bitcoin, right? It's, it is too slow. And it's, it's faster than banks, though, right? I mean, one of the reasons we saw GameStop run up is because they had the two-day lag for settlements, right? right. So it's, it's faster than that, but it's not as fast as you need, right? You're not going to go to Starbucks and use Bitcoin to buy your co coffee because by the time it validated, it, it'd be cold. But right. some of the other crypto, 
yeah, I mean, you could see that really, really happening. I want to go you back to what, go ahead. Oh, sure. Oh, can I just say this real quick? What's interesting about the GameStop situation is while that was happening, um, there was a, simultaneously, <clears throat> there was a coin called Dogecoin. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have. The, do the dog coin. Yeah. <laughs> it, this, the same type of thing was happening. Dogecoin um, originally was built as a joke. Yeah. It was somehow out of light. I think it was like the mining from Litecoin or something like that. Um, and now I think it's, and it doesn't have a cap. So people were, you know, putting their money in that and watching it go up and then shorting it. The difference though, is that um, the government did not get involved and the, uh, and a bank did not get involved, mm -hmm. right? And people just had their freedom to, you know, yeah. if they're, if they're going to buy at the high, great. If it drops down, that's their fault. Now I'm not, I am certainly not an anti-government person. I hope it doesn't come across that way. Cause I, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm not that way. But, um, but it's just interesting to see the, the two things that were happening si simultaneously and how they differed. Yeah. One of the other things I want to go back to about, you know, coins on Coinbase or, or you know, back to, again, PayPal having four when there's probably hundreds, if not thousands out there. If right. you're somebody that's new to the crypto space, I would look at the validation of being on a platform like PayPal or Coinbase as these are the safest. Now, they're not you got to remember, like it's still swimming with sharks. You can still go to zero, but it's not, you know, it's not like the, the wild, wild west where something can go away tomorrow, right? There's some validation, yeah. some kind of infrastructure. So I think most mom and pop investors who don't have the hours to consume data are probably mm -hmm. best looking at, and it does have to be Coinbase. I don't care where it is, but mm -hmm. a platform that kind of controls the available offerings. I think that's I think that's good, right? Having a platform that has a thousand of them organized by out, you know, alphabet, where you just randomly pick, that's like going to the casino and, and playing games. I don't know that any of them do have that many. I mean, some have more than others, but yeah. 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 yeah so I look at that as a safety mechanism. All of them have Bitcoin and Ethereum. Yes. Hands down. They all have those two. And Bitcoin, yes, it's been going up and up. I think people are catching on to Ethereum now. And Ethereum is a smart contract blockchain, which it, it, I think that Ethereum is going to explode this year. Um, yeah. it, it's probably going to cross the 2000 mark this weekend. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Actually, where's my phone? Yeah, it probably <laughs> may have already. <laughs> it, it may have. I, I don't know. I checked this morning. It was still in the 1900, but it'll probably cross the 2000, you know, this weekend. That's my yeah. guess. And I just think it's going to go up and up and up. And the reason why, I and, and there's issues with Ethereum. People call it gas fees, which is, I guess, like yeah, it's like toll roads or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it's how much you how much you have to pay to. Mm -hmm. to um, they're very high, apparently, even to do a small transaction, and that's become a problem, I think, for Ethereum. Um, but that being said, all of these other. Uh, all these other um, crypto um, projects are built upon Ethereum. Yeah. So I don't think Ethereum's going anywhere anytime soon. In fact, I think it's going to go straight up this yeah. year. I think that's going to be the one to watch. Now, after another six months to a year, it might start coming back down because I think people are going to be switching to Cardano and they're mm -hmm. going to be switching to Polkadot. And Cardano mm -hmm. actually has some kind of um, code or um, I'm not I'm not techie super techie minded, but um, it has it has something that it will allow 
you you know these 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 projects that are already built upon Ethereum to kind of easily switch over. Mm. Very cool. Well, tell you yeah. what, we're, we're we're up to about forty minutes here. We're, if you were if you were if you were sitting across you from December, where would you mm -hmm. point people to start doing their initial research? Right, because you consume hours of material. Where would you? Is it the TED Talk or where? Where would you send them to? to just sure, yeah. And I I want to look on. Um, I wish I could find the name of the TED Talk. Do you mind if I just look really quickly in my email because I think it's an important one. I've been actually saving some of these. Yeah, you tell you what, if you actually get me the link or tell me which one specifically, I will put it in the first line of our description. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. Well, I, I, definitely the Charles Hoskinson TED Talk. That one is, um, you know, no that one. I, the other one, I'll, I'll, well, I'll put both of them. Yeah. Both of them to you. So I'd say if you want to understand blockchain technologies, actually third one too, which I had sent to you, those three videos I think are excellent. Okay. And, and um, from there, if you want to start going to other YouTube people who have been in the crypto space for a long time and who kind of seem to know their stuff, um, there's BitBoy Crypto, which he's he's a high energy guy. He's been in the space, I think, since 2012. He's 533,000 subscribers as of yesterday. I think he's one of the ones that's been in the space the longest. Wow. He comes out with like two videos a day, um, at least. Um, he just did one yesterday that's kind of on the basics of Bitcoin. So that might okay. be another one that's very educational is called Coin Bureau. Um, again, a YouTube channel. It's a British guy who has these 20 minute videos that are really informative and he kind of gets a little analytical and, and dissects things. Um, so it's, it's very educational to me. Um, and what's another good one I think is called Digital Assets. And then I'd say a fourth one is, is a guy, I think he lives, I think he's around here in the Bay Area, um, younger guy who has also been in the space a long time. He seems to know his stuff. It's called, he calls his channel Journey Crypto. It's J-R-N-Y Crypto. Hmm. I'd say those those four are kind of the, the, the YouTube channels I look at. Um, and then I would say if you're going to get on any exchange, um, Coinbase to me was the fastest. I mean, I had no problem getting on that. Um, they might be backed up right now, though. So, so even if you're not gonna, if you're not ready to buy anything, I would say at least get on the exchange because there's a whole verification process you have to go through. And like I said earlier, it's very backed up. Hmm. I get on Coinbase. They have high fees though, and and again, they crash a lot. And then the second one I'd say is Binance.com, which is very backed up. Uh, but sorry, Binance.us if you're American, Binance.us. Um, and then I'm also on Kraken. There's a lot of other ones. Qcoin, Gemini. Um, I don't know. I have actually a bunch of um, tabs open with all the other ones. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Let's just start with Coinbase and just get your feet wet first. Let's let's yeah. let's do that. So, right. Uh, Jackie, this has been a lot of fun. Maybe we can check in every 90 days and see what's going on. Yeah. Sure. I'd love that. That'd, That'd be, be great. This is a lot of fun. Me, no, thank yeah. you. This is fun. Great. And go fellow Broncos. Yeah, go Broncos. Yeah, we're, we both went to the same college, so <laughs> <There you go. laughs> awesome. Right.